On today's episode of Limited Perspective, episode 11, we have a special guest. His name is Greg Benson. Greg's an old friend of mine. He's an artist, oil painter, paints beautiful landscapes, and turns out he's written a couple books. And he also is a brilliant singer-songwriter, so you are in for a treat. Welcome to Limited Perspective, episode 11. 11. You guys should check out the KA Artist Shop. They're an all-around art space where you'll find your favorite art supplies, learn a new craft, bring ideas to life with their custom design services, hang your work in their gallery, or brighten someone's day with a creative gift. They're located at 127 North Jackson Street in fashionable downtown Athens, GA. Find them in their sunny second-floor space next to Dynamite Clothing and above the Pita Pit. They're one block from UGA campus, just north of Jittery Joe's at the corner of Jackson and Broad Streets. Check them out, the KA Artist Shop. So awesome to have this fascinating painter, singer-songwriter, and novelist on limited perspective. And he's a friend of mine. You never know where these talks will go. So many side subjects that could have been followed. Just like always, you think you know someone, and then you start talking, and you find out that there's so much more to learn. So stay tuned for part two. I present to you the Greg Benson Experience. How do you do, sir? Well, fun. Thank you. Welcome Thank to you. my Thanks. podcast. Thanks for having me. I did that's supposed to be the <laughs> intro, which I, I blew it on, on, on William and Tommy because the video wasn't going. Mm. That's my classic intro is reaching and shake the hand. And, and then yeah, oh, the, like when I did uh, Dan Edgar last week or the week before, I reached in and then it's just my moppy head. You don't even see like <laughs> half of my face, you know. So I tried to like, you know, turn for the camera. Was just, What's that? Who is him? Who's him? What is it? And I really appreciate you responding to my Facebook um, shout out for someone to fill this spot, Mr. Greg. Benson. No, you've been begging me for months, no. and finally I found a spot in my schedule. Set. <laughs> Four, uh, five, yeah, five to five forty. I can do sure. it. Fine, <laughs> just tell him I'll do it. <laughs> That's how it happened, Larry. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna contact you anyway, but out of. My over 1,000 Facebook friends, you were the only one good enough <laughs> or bold enough to say, well, maybe I'll do maybe, it. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, you know, I thought, I thought this will be fun, late. and I'll just, get the, I'll just choose the first person to contact me. You know? I, I figured that's how you, you would probably do it, and I'm glad it worked out. You were and good I love me. the name of your um, podcast, love Thanks. the logo, but why... Why didn't you call it Larry's Fort? Uh-huh. Like you're in, in Larry's fort. fort. Oh, like a little secret. And then little... when it really takes off, mm-hmm. well, maybe you can have a fundraiser mm-hmm. and actually build you a fort me that a... you could have the podcast in. So, and then you could build a whole. And what a great gimmick that would be, and, and you would love your house sort fort. of thing yeah. around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Air yeah, conditioned. Yeah. No girls allowed. No girls. <laughs> no. Women. Except for I can't oh, make women, that, yeah. I can't make that rule here, and I'm I'm relying on women to uh, house me right here. So well, that's a good point. Owned, that's a good business. point. Yeah, yeah. Ka Art is kindly, which they'll get a shout out in the. I can't think of anything uh, clever to say right now, so I'll just do it later. So let's talk about. You leave you. that to me. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about you a little bit. Sure, Larry. When did you start making art? Well. uh... First time I remember doing that in a way that kind of set me apart mm-hmm. from others was in um, fifth grade. I did um, little pencil portraits, 
mm-hmm. of uh, classmates for five cents a piece. Uh-huh. I found I could get a likeness, uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, from there doing sketches of um, teachers. Okay. Not always flattering. Right, right. Very rarely flattering. No, no. And then it was it, that moved on from, you know, from there doing uh, very f- uh, realistic. Right. I strove to be as photorealistic mm-hmm. as possible uh-huh. with my little pencil and my uh, yeah, yeah. thirty by forty sheets of cardboard. Celebrities. I did celebrities. Right. Okay. I had I had some favorites back then, and right. but uh, sometimes I would uh, do people like Billy Joel and. Uh, Barry Manilow to, to to win the the hearts of a of smart of a lady, the ladies, right. young lady, yeah, uh, yeah. And that, well, you I know. like Barry Manilow, so you would have won my heart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, see what I can do, fella. <laughs> <laughs> can you? I should also like Billy Joel. So there. Yeah. That was back in the era of the the strangers. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, good. This is a, a Catholic girl in uh, Philadelphia. Ah. I was very smitten with her. Perfect. Yeah. Very jolly. Hmm? Billy Jolly-ish. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that means you must have still been in uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. then, right? Mm-hmm. I nice. was. Uh, my uh, grandparents and my cousin and aunt both lived in the uh, same apartment building. And uh, that was in Upper Darby, mm-hmm. uh, outside of Philly. But I lived south of Allentown. In a little uh, farming village called Hosensack. Hosensack. I love the way it sounds. Hosensack. So give me a brief uh, about your upbringing and I don't know how you ended up in Athens and college and art. And yeah. Music. So uh, I, I ended up in Hos. I was born in Hosensack or in Allentown, whisked away to our little house in Hosensack. The reason we lived there was my, my uh, dad... When uh, they met in at Upper Darby High School, mm-hmm. um, he wanted to take her away to the most remote place uh, possible, so that I guess so she couldn't call for help. Oh no, <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> and she'd sound be pretty good. much stranded with a bunch of little kids. That sounds like some details that I didn't didn't otherwise know about you. So yeah, there was that, and you know, she put up with that for a while, and then. Uh, uh, when I was 10, they split. Uh, he lived in various places. I didn't see him much after that. Mm-hmm. We stayed in that house until I was almost 16 when my soon-to-be stepfather got transferred from the Pabst Brewery in Newark, New Jersey, uh-huh. which he was commuting to Wow, that's from kind of our a, house. That's probably yeah. a pretty serious drive, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not so much back then, but yeah. Now it would I, I, was it like at least two hours? I mean, where is I don't know where I don't know where Allentown is in relation to. Newark. It's you know it, uh, it's uh, you got Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton, and then you got the Delaware River, then you got New Jersey, and I did that for the benefit of the camera. For me, it would be mm. moving this way. <laughs> <clears throat> so, but for the camera's benefit, that's east ah. and that's west. See? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he did that for a while, but then he got transferred to uh, the Pabst Brewery in Perry, Georgia. Perry, and Georgia. that's how I ended up in the South. It was ah. Pabst beer. And uh, I wish I could say I was proud of that. Not all that proud of mm. that, but um, that's how I ended up in the South. Ah. Yeah. Beer. Uh, 
Beer. Beer. Bad beer. Paid a, yeah. Bad beer. Really bad, bad beer. beer. <laughs> it's not very good. No, That's, it's not. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love no. that. I love that beer. Yeah, I, and a lot of people I love, love Paps, and I, I don't want to diss them, but, you know, really? Come on. Come on. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. Not. What are you doing, man? Come on. No hard feelings. You've got only you know, so many beers to drink in a day. It's affordable, though. It's, affor- it's, it's, it's affordable. in the right price range. That's true. And it, you know, can soothe your nerves if... Uh, but when I was in high school in Perry, it was very affordable. It was just a bunch of it in the fridge. Ah. Unfortunately, I didn't you, like that beer sounds, that much. Ah, not at that time? No, it's hard to believe, isn't it? But I wasn't into it. You might have had a, yeah, bad, a poor introduction to it. But yeah, you know, I was, uh, an, an aside, because I want to get here more about you. Uh, when the news came out that Sean Hannity uh, had bought property in Perry, George, is that right? In Perry? That's, that's the right place for him. It's perfect. Invested something in some housing... I don't know. It's not about him. But by this time, you also had, because I know you have several, you have a sister and several brothers. Yes, my sister moved down with us, mm-hmm. and uh, my two older brothers stayed up north. Really? Mm-hmm. Like they never, how old were they? I was almost 16, Rob was 17, and Mark was 18 or 19. He already had a career. He was a mechanic. Oh, and wow. uh, Rob wanted to finish high school up there. Wow. And he actually started college up there. But you know Rob. He finally yeah, yeah. found his way down here. And I know I know Mark also. And you've met Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Facebook, uh, Facebook with Mark, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. We, uh, yeah. You all have some... Uh, sheer smart-assy little yeah. memes and things. Yeah. You seem to feel the same about some things. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He got an electric lawnmower with a battery. <laughs> he sure I did. To know. He did. <laughs> I was so happy. So happy for him. So we got one. We so, got you know, it's maybe I'm not going to make it, but just knowing he's made it mm-hmm. and can buy an electric mm-hmm. lawnmower, you that's enough it. for me. That's it, enough. It's really that's he's enough. He's reached that level in his <laughs> career. He, yeah. You know, some, comfort, some electric comforts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was unique that an auto mechanic bought an electric yeah, yeah. More, you know. But he's always been about the electric cars and stuff. Ah, okay. Even in the 80s, he was ah, saying, cool. it's got to be electric cars. See, he was wide awake, yeah, in mm-hmm. the 80s. When, oh, yeah, anyway, that's another discussion. But uh, so, <laughs> so they stayed up in Pennsylvania. Yep. And you and Michelle came down here. Right. And, and for a while, I spent summers up there, uh-huh. usually working at some stupid McDonald's that Rob was managing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love that. Tell me, give me a McDonald's experience. I was looking for any way to get back that I could. I just mm-hmm. could, you know, couldn't swing it no. to stay up there full time. You couldn't, so. I see, couldn't commit to. Yeah, and that's a long way to go just to work at McDonald's because we have those, we have those in Georgia. <laughs> and I worked at the one on you Prince do, Avenue in uh, 1983. <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah, awesome. At all of the McDonald's that I worked at, I used to ride my bike to them and I'd cry. I'm like, oh, oh shit, a way to work. I understand. <laughs> I remember. I don't want to um, do it. Like I, I had, I mean, I have fond memories of different restaurant jobs, but there usually I was a busboy and there was a waiter and it was kind of a more of a restauranty. Sure. You, yeah. And you got which was what I wanted. Tips at the end. But yeah. The ones I, I had worked at some. I'd worked at a pizza joint in Clemson, South Carolina. So I got. I remember riding a borrowed bike. I worked, ended up working two days at Pizza Hut in Sarasota. They didn't, they, they, I wouldn't cut my hair, so they 
they told me I couldn't continue on, which I guess was fine with me. Cause, uh, and you never did, did I you? No, I ended up cutting my hair mm-hmm. later on, but that's, that's another story. But I, I uh, didn't like having to wear that polyester get-up uh, and the visor and riding a bike, so you're, you know... The splat. It's not even my bike, but that's not the point. But it was, like, even more pathetic, because everyone sees, even if you don't wear the visor... Just not doesn't feel cool, you know. At the time, no, no, it wasn't no mine. it's not like you're <laughs> dressed in jeans and cowboy boot, boots and a stetson. No, and it's at not all. practical to change once you get there. You have to be dressed no. and ready to work. So. No, no, that was unthinkable. <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's see. You got down to Perry and you uh, finished high school in Perry. I did. So did you and how did you end up in Athens, GA? It just made the most sense to go to UG. I didn't know what the hell the colleges were here mm-hmm. or anywhere, you know. Yeah. I just went where everybody else went. I just went where I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, it was grade thirteen. Grade thirteen, right? Just yeah. keep on going. Just keep right, going. Right. Yeah. Uh, even roomed with a guy, uh, my best friend in Perry. Really? That yep. I at uh, Reed Hall. Is that? Um... Yeah, I don't think you know him. No. Okay. It's not Don. Okay. But Don and I met at a Reed Hall okay. uh, that first year. All right. All right. Yeah. And I was thrilled to meet someone from the north, northeast. Ah, okay. So. okay. Yeah, someone who shares your experiences. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Somebody who won't call you Yankee. Yeah, <laughs> like I got called a lot in school, on the baseball field. Yankee. Yankee, so unfair. It was unfair. I wasn't in that war. No, it's not your fault. But Either. if I had been, I, I would have killed as many Confederates you as would have I possibly could. You would have been a northern aggressor when you <laughs> horrible, <right>. horrible man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I would have taken a musket to the femur. Did you? Eventually. Oh, I just had a bad visual of what war must have been like. Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine any wound killed you right away. You oh, know? no, no. No. That's just so... You just kind of lay there, waiting for help. The guy with the saw. Yeah. Hey, I'm hurt. Where are you guys going <laughs> to hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Or, or, the, or the thing blowing up in your eye when you're trying to shoot somebody, you know? Like oh, sure. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. I know. No. Bullshit. It's barbaric. Yeah. But, but uh, it's for a good cause, I guess. Well, I know. Just wish it could have been uh, sorted out in a... Peaceful manner. <laughs> well, Don't I you guys reckon talk it out? we'll give up our free labor. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know that bothered you so much. Exactly. And you know, it was a few freaking rich guys, just like today, manipulating the poor folks. Of course. Because they wanted to keep their slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pathetic. And then everyone gets the blame, everyone suffers, and. and Slave uh, owners didn't fight. No. Very few of them did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that, that hurt the country. So you did you did you major in art right away or did I, or I, I didn't you, Larry no no yeah. not at all no I I, uh, I majored in journalism journalism you know why why because since I had been in seventh grade yeah, people yeah. had asked me what are you gonna major in Greg and I said journalism they said ah. that sounds good mm-hmm. so I majored in journalism and I got a degree in journalism but I did minor in art. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in the meantime, I was I was serious about trying to get articles published and stuff like uh-huh. that. And I did for the Red and Black. I did for the uh, Athens Observer. Mm-hmm. 
and a little uh, weekly tabloid pre-flagpole called Athens Nightlife. Ah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Articles about the music scene. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. You have a nice, uh, I read a little thing you wrote recently. I have a short attention span, but I was like, wow, this thing is kind of like a little poem. A poem? It was about... Now and then I write such things. You have like poem... You have a poem laying in it, but it's also like it's got a punchline at the end with a a very gradual, magical sort of setup, you know, I think is a a way to... Was this something for Medium? I think so. Something I saw on the internet, interweb recently. Uh, uh, Something about suicide? Yeah. White men committing suicide. Yeah, white men's uh, take on the rising suicide rate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Meant to be funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the subject is, is hard, so I could see the funny part, you know. But it was I, I was being I could feel myself being mentally massaged and <laughs> and led to the conclusion. Hey, well, that was in um, in my sophomore year. Uh, mental massaging. I took a mental massaging <laughs> class. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, how to do that with the, the typewriter. How do you think about your, your processes when you're uh, either making art, music, or, or writing? Does it, is uh, it, do you have a, a similar feeling or a source that you're working from? Or? Uh, well, it's, it's weird. Uh, you know, I've come to a place where it's, it's kind of different because I was successful with painting for a while, and I had a way of doing it that I knew I would end up with some with a, a product that might, had a chance to sell. Right, right, right. Sure, sure. And, but things are kind of different now, aren't they? You know, we still sell some, but it's not. It's, it's not, not like you have a show. To, I sold everything. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's Our, a, no one does that. So uh, that's made me sort of change my process mm-hmm. for the better, and maybe it is a little more like writing a song now, mm-hmm. where um, I'm not as concerned, you know, because my audience as a songwriter is very limited, as you know, mm-hmm. so well. I um, I can sort of take it whatever direction I want, and uh, the drawing and paintings become more like that, too. Well, I guess with the, with the drawing and painting, you, you at least have a physical item that, that you can hold up tangible... And yeah. if it's a song, you have to present it or record it. And, but I always record the song. Yeah. I mean, I'm recording good. it as I oh, write good. it. Because I'm, I'm worried there's going to be some little good piece that I did that's going to get lost. You're smart to do that, yeah. So that voice memo thing on the mm-hmm. phone is great. But before that, I always had a tape recorder. Ah. Mm. Yeah, good. But you are a, a good, you are a wordsmith. You're good. I like your songs. You. I like your, you. uh, your visuals. You know, I'm... The one song, I think it was about global warming, and it was, uh, I guess it was... And aliens? Maybe, but it was, there was a line in there, how do you like your human, you know, basically, how would you like your human cooked? Yeah. That, and yeah. I think it was about global warming, but it was, it was about sort of some a, sort of fatalistic... Uh, yeah, it was sort of a world. Twilight Zone scenario <laughs> where it turns out we're here to cook ourselves. And the aliens are aware of this. They're just waiting for us. Oh, uh, waiting for us to get done. Yeah. So the and refrain goes, are they eat. done yet? Are they done? Which <laughs> is kind of nice because, you know, are they done can mean, you know, have we... All the way done, yeah. Are we extinct? If we're done, are we're we done, extinct yeah. now? Are we extinct? Which is really hard to say. don't come so, down when it's safe. 
<laughs> well, at least I know that I have a purpose. <laughs> I'll be Thanks. food for aliens. Of course, yes. That Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll even be that lucky. I don't know. No. Do you, you want to eat me? <laughs> I don't I'm delicious. Think... <laughs> Probably not going to happen. I don't know. Some, you know, some of us will get eaten, I'm so, sure. Yeah. The luck, you know, it's a lottery. Yeah, somebody else survive. And, yeah. You know, so I wanted to prepare and read at least one of your books before I got you <laughs> at a... You didn't read one of my books last night? No, I didn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that good. But I, uh, I promised to read it later before I interview you a second time. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay. Well, let me tell you about that first book. Yes. So, there's this guy. And then... And then no, no, there's no, 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 no. Just and then tell, really Elvis, tell me then, about it. And it's, really it's back in time. Sell time. it to the listeners because I have a lot of... I have thousands of... Okay. My brother-in-law, whom you know, Sean Arrington, yes. had this great idea. He said, what if a guy goes back in time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. he sells the Beatles songs mm-hmm. to a publisher... And he gives them out to all the, like, the 50s stars, right? Uh-huh. And they all stay on top using these great songs that no one knows yet. Wow. And the actual Beatles never make it. Because oh. every time they write a song, then they they hear it on the radio. Oh. Done by someone else. Oh. oh. And he and I had actual meetings mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And we took a lot of notes, mm-hmm. made an outline and everything. And then I got divorced. And uh, uh, okay, not yeah. from Sean. But right. uh, from my first wife, Chris. And um, okay. so suddenly I had all this uh, free time, which I hadn't had in years. Mm-hmm. And I had this old computer. I just started writing it. And that that's still the skeleton uh, plot of the book. But it turns out the guy who goes back in time does it accidentally. He's kind of based on me. Uh-huh. He's recently divorced. Uh-huh. He's down on his luck. He doesn't want to sell these songs. But he has no other way. He can't make a living in 1962 any more than he can uh-huh. in the present. Uh-huh. So he happens to meet Phil Spector, or Phil Spector hears him uh-huh. busking on the street, uh-huh. and he hears a song. Uh-huh. Well, one of the songs he sings is one that Phil Spector himself wrote a couple of years later. So Phil Spector is very interested in this guy. Uh, okay. So they, they form a relationship where, you know, whenever this guy, Lenny, needs money, he knows how to reach Phil Spector, and he sells him the song. He records it. Phil Spector forwards it to Elvis. Elvis stays on top. Uh, but uh, through all that, um, you sort of follow the Beatles and how John's going crazy because the Beatles have split because every time they write a song, you know, the, the, he's full of all these it. songs, yeah. and then he hears them on the radio. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. It drives <laughs> him crazy. The four eventually split. Hmm... So that sounds like a sad story. But the cool thing is, is <laughs> this is the last don't clue give it, I'll I guess give don't you. Give anything away. No, this is the last thing. <laughs> John and Yoko still meet. Oh, okay. And they, they still fall in love. Okay. okay. It's a love story. It's a part of it, sure. And there's cool. the violence. Violence, okay. Uh huh. There's violence. Uh huh. Homelessness. You, it's called uh, Tomorrow Never. Yesterday knows. never. Knows. Yesterday never knows. Mm-hmm. I think you can buy it on uh, Amazon. You can. Mm-hmm. Yesterday never knows. If you got one of them Kindles, you got a Kindle, you can get Larry? It on your Kindle. Yeah. I can probably get it on my iPhone, my pocket computer. Of course you can. Right. <clears throat> and then you wrote uh, another. You wrote I, another book. I wrote another one because while I was trying to sell that book, all the all the advice out there was, 
get started on that second one. But I had just like poured everything into that first one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a sensation because right, I thought right. it was great. And uh, so I decided to write a book about failure. It's about a guy in the, uh, I guess, near future. He's an artist. Mm-hmm. But there's this government program. If artists can't support themselves, they end up getting assigned to homes that uh, they, they have to show need, but they need, they need a man around the house. Uh-huh. So this guy is assigned to a home. He's pretty much just the housekeeper or he need, gets to do and, some jobs. and the nanny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's still allowed to make art, you know, because the novelty of having an artist in the house is that still means uh-huh. something uh-huh. in the uh-huh. near future. Okay. <coughs> but one day he freaks out <laughs> at the kids, <clears throat> and he's immediately put on trial. Mm-hmm. But it's like a TV show ah. called Artists on Trial. Oh. So they out of this program they form this really popular TV show when oh, an I artist doesn't I work out with, yeah. with a family, they put him on trial, it's televised, and then he's disgraced and reassigned to a, another household, usually one that's worse. And in this case, it is one that's worse. He doesn't think it's gonna be worse. He thinks uh. it's gonna be great because there's no kids around, but uh. it's worse. Uh. And, but then, but then he gets rescued uh-huh. from there, and then and then it turns into sort of an action thing because they're on the run. Ooh, yeah, these artists are on the run. And that one is that one available? Yep, it's called Residencies. Residencies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also on Amazon. Also on Amazon. Okay. Look for the easel forming an A. <clears throat> okay. Okay. That's what the book cover I looks like. That. I can yeah. buy that. I can buy that crap and buy it and put it on my freaking computer. Put that on your. I just can it, can it really hold two novels? I know. This could, <laughs> it's gonna it's be hot. unbelievable. These little things are the future. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> I don't have them on my phone. Yeah, I only have one that's sort of by accident. Got a right my here. one free phone. But how is having children affect you as an artist? It's okay now. I guess as a as a as a <laughs> father, it change you changes everything anyway. Yeah. Um, thanks for asking that, Larry. But um, when I first had kids, you know, I was, a, I was a very productive artist, and it was. But I wanted to be a very involved dad, and mm-hmm. that was definitely the demand with both of my kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the time for creating art was very scarce. So that was when I learned to make every minute count. Mm-hmm. Every every free second count yeah but it sort of drove me a little crazy sure. after a while but you could like grab five minutes yeah yeah here I in mean, a quiet time i mean it was, it was kind of good if you want to work spontaneously because i would just rush into the studio and just yeah you know and yeah. that made for maybe some exciting work um, and that sort of became the way i worked for a long time mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not that's not necessarily why i, I started working expressionistically but um, being a dad of uh, demanding kids certainly lent itself yeah, to yeah. that yeah but uh, yeah that's right you, you sort of you're, you're I, we have one of your more expressive ones that we bought it's a real beautiful landscape with the you sort of feel the trees evaporating into the sky and I think that's oh yeah I think sort I of what I loved about it mm-hmm. and uh but now you have sort of tightened up in your recent work. It's I have. they're tighter, more involved yeah, landscapes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. real weird for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm sort of like 
getting close, burrowing in, making little marks, mm. thinking about what to do next, <laughs> making another little mark. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, we should plug your show at um, Hendershots. Yes, it's a show with my son, that first son that I mentioned. Oh. He's 23 now. Um, and uh, he's in the Sam. show, too. Sam. So some and, of that is his artwork. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. The lower stuff. Not all the lower stuff. It's 50-50 okay. underneath, and then above, it's all mine. Okay, so I did have a discussion with somebody that I didn't think they were the same artist, but then I read the name Benson, and I was like, well, I guess they are. <laughs> so I wasn't, you know. Yeah, I haven't made it, uh, you know, I haven't. I, I should publicize it more. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe I should do that Hopefully now. Sam will... Benson and Greg Benson at Hendershots. Yeah. It's Sam Benson's first official show. Awesome. And he's so excited about it. It's been up uh, three weeks, and he hasn't seen it yet. He hasn't seen it? He hasn't gone to see it yet, but he told me today that he's excited about it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is it... I hope it's up long enough for this podcast to get out and tell people about it. Yeah, I don't know how long it's up. I wish I could give you an end date. No, that's okay. That's, a, that's just uh, my own Why don't you call Seth? Call. <laughs> I need to, what I need to do is hustle and get these. I got one. I got to produce my other one that I recorded and then produce this one and get them posty posted. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, it's it's a fun business. thing to do. I wish I didn't have to go to my other my other job. So you, so you, you learn to manage time better as a, as a father. Definitely, but now I, I do have more time, mm-hmm. and I have stepkids, but they don't really need me much, and uh, mm-hmm. so I just go down to the basement, which is especially great when it's this hot out. It's nice yeah. and cool in the basement, and I I put on a podcast. I put on oh. your podcast or yeah. Mark Maron, oh, my yeah. two favorites. The only yeah, the only two you will ever. <laughs> the need. only two I need, <laughs> and. Uh, I sit there with my little piece of black mat board and I make little marks with pastels until something forms. Awesome. Freaking awesome. That's and that's I just that. fine. That's that is a good way to look to live and to make art. Hangs up. God, it's working doing, for now. I'm doing that, quitting my job. Uh, so Oh you, oh you, I wanted to tell you yeah, about yeah, quitting yeah. your job. Now for people who don't know the background, Larry and I used to work mm-hmm. together. We, we did pretty much the same job. I went job. to work in Greg's, yeah. Greg got me Hired me at his at his museum. Doing all the physical stuff at the art museum. So, I think I've told you this, um, and it, it's gotten worse lately, but mm-hmm. ever since I've quit, I've had museum dreams. Dreams, museum dreams. Well, that's right, you did tell me about that. Yeah, uh, where I show back up to work. Somehow, it's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm there I am again, and I'm working, and I know it's my first day back uh-huh. I have to know what's going on sometimes I'm in charge Very stressful sometimes I'm not but uh-huh. it's all it, everything's completely different uh-huh. and I'm trying to think in a new way and I can't uh-huh. so I hadn't really thought of that before so maybe that's what the dreams are about you might, yeah you might I'm be. trying to adjust to a new way of thinking and yet I'm so used to, I'm, it, things are so ingrained mm-hmm. that I it's so hard to adjust you know <laughs> so people our age that's what we're dealing with right you might be yeah you might be uh sort of feeling it through my experience there because i have to i have to sort of get along that because i'm the old i'm the old time there's nobody from before me or my time there anymore there's a few yeah well no not in my department though not in your department i'm like the old guy that that uh you know 
that other that assumptions get made about and changes get made all around and I just have to be a big boy and go along. <laughs> you know, we used to use nails. Exactly. We used well, to no, put nails in the walls. Look at here, Tony boy. <laughs> Exactly. You still use nails, don't you? Yeah, we use nails good. and screws and All right, good. little paintbrushes. And okay, because that's not how it was in my dream. Uh, yeah. Oh, there was something different than nails, something a bizarre sort of... What the hell is that? Yeah, yeah some new technology that you have to yeah. learn. That you yeah, yeah. So unfair. You just, you know, you press this button and, mm. and the you picture's like... suddenly on the wall. It's like, Lame-o. what? Well, I'll tell you one thing's easier is we use, we have uh, uh, LED light fixtures, mm-hmm. uh, so it's the light lighting's different, mm-hmm. and uh, you can dim them. You no more screens. Not, they're not as easy to dim and control. They're not that fancy, oh. but they they don't cost as much, and they hardly ever like no they change don't burn in out. bulbs. So there's not there's very little running up and down the ladder. Oh my god. And plus, that's someone else is that's their focus. So there's very little running up the ladder for me. But we did get a somebody else's focus. Yeah, somebody else is in the department. That's they. He's the he's the lighting specialist now. So I don't. Did they ever find a rolling ladder that will reach reach the freaking lights? Ah, well, you know what we do have. We have a cherry picker now. A an electric mm. lift that rolls. We can roll it. So, Wait, we it. had one back then. Oh, yes. That gray one. We got one that's better than that one. Better? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. But that one, no, that one had some good qualities because it was a solid steel freaking structure. Mm. But we, I think we gave it to another department at, at the university. Wow. Oh. So we had this fancy thing that you, could, you, can, act, you can actually uh, get all the way to the top of Austin. Wow. Yeah. That's it's great. It's pretty pretty fun. Someone can push you around while you're up there? Well it's better to come a little lower, but if you trust you that can, person, that you is don't possible. trust anyone there. Yeah, it is possible, but I wouldn't do it from that height. No sorry. <laughs> the first time when we after the re after the re um after Use the new outriggers. Building, yeah. This this one doesn't require outriggers. It's it's so heavy at the bottom you just lock it. However, when I changed lights for the first time after they after we reopened, because we spent two years in a alternative spot while they were building the new addition, mm. so I got accustomed to just hanging out at the desk and doing busy work. Nice. But anyway, the first time I was up changing a light, or putting the lights in for the first time in the new building, I was up there, and it swayed a little bit. Yeah. Like oh, oh, maybe. <laughs> Uh, maybe I need another cup of coffee, and I was. <laughs> I came back. I was like, "You need to like take your time, Larry, because this is not." You don't want swaying. Mm-mm. It, it, it sways. It's perfectly safe. It sways a little bit when you get up that high. Yeah. But uh, but it's totally legit. As long as you've had your coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like promoting yourself as an artist? Uh, I've actually liked it. Today, mm-hmm. but I have to be prompted. Mm-hmm. I just I can't just go out and do it. I, you know, you can't be like the guy that introduces himself and says, "Hey, I, look <sighs> at me, look what I can do." I fucking hate that. Yeah, that's a hard. That's Is a hard that thing. really what we want? You know? Do you want to? Well, no. Just... I think what you what we what 
well, I was asking you, I'm, but I think we, what as we a want, society, as, a, as an artist, I, and most of us, want someone to go to represent you, to of like course. really, to officially believe in you, put yeah. their, and then care enough and put their backing behind you. Yeah, but instead, but there, that's does not nowadays, and the expectation is. Well, did you market yourself? Are you telling people about mm-hmm. this? Are you, do you have a blog talking about your work? And yeah, do, you know, it's but like you, the, you have to become the guy at the enough. party who can't stop talking about his golf game. No, no, you do, you don't want to be that, and it should. But these are the people who are succeeding now. No, but I'll, I promise you, out of the thousand people that are <laughs> blogging and talking up. Probably two or three of them are actually making making it, you know. Mm. I don't. I think. I think there's a fine line between promoting yourself and like kind of being obnoxious. Because I feel like the way I'm feeling is you could do all that, and if you don't have somebody putting time and money and energy into also promoting you and backing you up, yeah. then you're not. Or 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 you unless <clears throat> or you are a freaking genius and people naturally love your artwork. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you don't have to push as hard, but well, it's why on websites, even if you're writing the the copy, mm-hmm. you say, or I, I would I would type, Greg Benson was ra- born and raised in a small farming community mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, where he learned to appreciate the landscape, and it's always in third person. Mm-hmm. But when it's I, Greg Benson, mm-hmm. learned to appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. when it's just me, 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 I'm terrible. turned off by that. Yeah. I think I would think most people yeah. would be, but mm-hmm. I mean, why even bother writing it in third person? I think there's there's a purpose. I don't for know. That. Oh, yeah, people. Yeah, I don't. You don't know. It's like, ooh, someone else. Someone else took the time to write to. about him. Yeah. he must be as, something. <laughs> as Greg Benson's publicist, <laughs> it has been a pleasure working with him. <laughs> and I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, it is. It's a it's a balance because some people are natural at it, and you. Some people talk a good game. Yeah, and you know a, some of those people are people I like. I just and you know and some of those people re- really deserve to make it. But mm-hmm. what about the shy people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shy people deserve to make it too. Shy people like and success. I, I feel like our society's forgotten about the shy yeah. people. Yeah, and I used to be shy, so I get it. <laughs> <clears throat> talk about your your band. And also Athens as a music town, or I think I think there's some. I guess there's a feeling that if you live in Athens, you don't necessarily think of it as only a music town. Yeah, but I would love I would love to get into this. Can I um, put money in the meter so I don't? Uh, uh, can we uh, money in the can, meter? Can this be paused? I can pause. Yeah, okay. yeah, we can pause. Hang on. So you saw William and Tommy the other night. I did. Oh, they opened for Jeff Rimes. They sure did. Yes, I, we played a little bit with him during some guitar nights in the past. I know, that's how I met him. Show, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a kindred spirit. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good songwriter. Yeah. Singer. He really is, and uh, there's something about his voice. Mm-hmm. Hits, hits you deep. Hits me deep, anyway. Did he move back to Athens, or is he no. traveling? 
He moved to Philly, and then mm -hmm. he moved to Portland. He's uh, following his uh, young son. Ah, okay. Young adult. Young son. adult son, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is very sweet, just like him. Mm -hmm. So uh, he has a, a Philly record. Uh-huh. Uh, I asked him if it was Philly Soul. I bought it, and uh -huh. I can tell you it's not really Philly Soul, but I love it. Okay. And, uh, uh, and then he uh, had another one uh, made in Portland. So he's very productive. Good for him. And he's on a, a tour. Awesome. What's his? What's his? What's the? What's the record called? That's all right. It's not. Boo. I'll this get back a, to you on that. Jeff, <coughs> Jeff Rimes is on tour. I also missed William and Tommy when they played on the square uh, lunch one day. Oh, they got rained out. No, but they did it another they time where it, it wasn't raining, and I was sitting with sitting at lunch with Bill Levake. Going, oh yeah, the oh no, <laughs> you all went together. And you should have been over. Yeah, totally. Because I was going to. I was like, okay, I'll go to the bank and then I'll go see William Tommy. And then I just, out of habit, I'm like, drive to Earth Fair. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, yeah. And then, so I gotta like wake up and, you know, make some time count. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. Everyone's busy. Blah Everyone's blah. Yeah, everyone's busy. Or, or, or me, I'm forgetful when I'm not busy because I, I could have, you know, I need a tattoo reminder on my arm and then scratch them out. Like, what's it like being but the a, music? What's it, what's it like pursuing the music in the in the Athens town? Uh, it's it's been a mixed bag. Uh, it's yeah. often very frustrating, as you must know. Yeah, well, it is frustrating if you want if you really want something to happen <laughs> and I don't try not to mean that I don't really mean that in a smart ass way you know it's like no you don't it, it kind of it's freeing if you if you have if you allow for a longer time frame you know what I mean well the, the cool thing is stop trying, I'm after a while you, know, you don't get nervous anymore yeah but yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a reason and mm -hmm. it's not for the right reason well, well maybe, it could be the right for, reason for me, maybe it's mm -hmm. partly the right reason. Mm -hmm. You get more comfortable being on stage. You, yeah. you get more confidence. Mm -hmm. But you also realize it's not a whole lot of people really listening. Yeah. You, and it doesn't freaking yeah. matter what you do. Like maybe, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. Like maybe if it, it shouldn't entirely be because it just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because right. it's still it still matters. It should always matter. Like how many times have you said... Oh, you know, someone congratulated you. Great, you know, that's great up there. Those songs are great. Yeah, yeah. I forgot most of the second verse. Really, I didn't even notice. Yeah. But that, <laughs> which is meant to make you feel better. Yeah. But you're thinking, oh, did it, you? It they're <laughs> you, not. You weren't listening. They're not you supposed to listening. notice. No, they're not. You studied the song because you wrote the song. <laughs> Or you, you, you played it. They're not supposed to. I just thought you were supposed not, to go. It's not their, it's not the their responsibility. You project <laughs> your confidence and your creativity. <laughs> they say, I like it. And you say, thank you very much. <laughs> no, okay. No, you don't. You dare say, you didn't even fucking listen to it, asshole. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Well,. Well, I can't believe you like that because it was crap. <laughs> well, well, to me, it's like you know, it's like yeah, I read your novel, but mm -hmm. the the whole second 
chapter was smudged, so I just skipped on to the third. What? Yeah, well, or if I read... It, it didn't show on my computer, so I just skipped on to the <laughs> third chapter. Yeah, that's different. And it didn't matter, because I, I sort of knew what was going on. That's a, Yeah, that is a little different. But I spent six months on the second chapter! Yeah. I lost those pages, so I just made it up for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, but the performing live is a, is a different thing. But, yeah, I didn't know you were going to go with people not hearing. I mean, because most of my live performance is opening for open mic. And for me, it's a special occasion if some of the open micers that are scheduled for later actually show up in time to hear me play. Right. And so I'm like, oh, they, yeah. they, they heard my song. Because some of them, I remember talking to one guy, like, later in the evening, you know, complimenting them, and they saw me with a guitar, and I'm like, oh, do you play? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I have an interest in what we're doing here because I also have a guitar. And I was like, they don't get it yet. yet that what are you talking about? I can't believe you don't know. That a host of open yeah. mic is just a veteran open mm-hmm. micer. Yeah, yeah. And like, and even, you know, I get it. People are thinking about themselves and their immediate friends and what they do. And they're, they're half my age, most of them. But even, even you know, Jason, you, it, it is a, you know, Jason, this guy that's there that does a sound program. Like, it's, and, and all the other sound guys, they are, they're all musicians, you know. But if you don't see them in that capacity, you have to make the effort to make that connection that he probably is also. And a I also think it's incumbent on us, the mm-hmm. musicians, to model good listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because maybe others will follow suit. I but when the mean. musicians yeah. are out there in the audience mm-hmm. chatting it up, yeah, after they play and it's then not, chatty chat. Yeah. It's not cool. I know. It's just not cool. It's not cool. And, you know, I get it with the young ones because mm-hmm. that's what they see in mm-hmm. Athens now. People talking. Yeah. And I've been here long enough to know mm-hmm. this town is not a good listening town. Mm-hmm. It sees itself as a music town, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, only in the sense that it was part of this 80s thing, mm-hmm. which was great. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of great stuff since then mm-hmm. that's gotten completely ignored yeah. because people here have gotten complacent as listeners. Uh-huh. Overall. Overall. Maybe so. Maybe take it for granted. But yeah. at, at Open Mic, I feel like I don't. I have to balance because I can't always be correcting people for talking, you know... That's a that's a hard thing because I have right? to keep. I want to keep the mood of the uh, uh, the invent. No, I, no, I keep know. It, you I know, know, light and fun. You know, without. no, you can't be a total drag up there. Mm-hmm. And Kashana used to do it, mm-hmm. but, but it made people. Well, sc- she wasn't. But she wasn't. It made people scared of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, she was. Uh, she could use authority and still kind of keep it fun. You know, I don't think she she was. <laughs> She was good, but there were times where she was like, you know, the seventh grade she, science teacher. She was like the mom. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like, the mom. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I, uh, I've done it sometimes, but, you know, on certain occasions, like, we had a whole incident where one of the employees told this lady that, that she needed to be quiet, and 
and maybe she got touched on the shoulder when she was told, but she was so hurt and offended, I guess, or something about being told to be quiet, that she raised a stink and and said she would have been assaulted. Assaulted? And, yeah, and they <laughs> called the police. What? Yeah, it was... It was an ordeal, yeah. Fortunately, Seth was there inside and, and, you know, talked. The cop was like, one month, they talked, you know, and it wasn't. But they were, then they were still pissed and wrote mean Facebook things on the, you know. Oh, it was just too much. It was, a, but that's, that's a rare. I guess you need to be occasion. careful. You need to be careful. Yeah. I did take I this I had been guy. hinting into the microphone, like, relatively direct hints. So it's like this person was not catching on you yeah. know and, she, she ever did. Like, and she wasn't close up she was at the bar talking loud enough for everyone on stage to hear so it was a true that was a that was an open mic violation it blows, <laughs> it blows my mind and sometimes <laughs> they're not at the bar sometimes they're at right the nearest yeah. tables yeah, yeah sometimes it's people who show up before open mic even starts mm-hmm. and they're with their computers and they're backs are to the stage Mm -hmm. and they stay there through the entire open mic (laughs) and they're at that closest table Mm -hmm. with their backs to the stage with their computers Mm -hmm. and I took a guy to task I said this goes out to that guy who I'm looking at the back of his head Um, and uh, the guy who's had his back to the stage I just want you to know it's this one's for you and because uh, there's nothing a performer likes better than to see the back of somebody's head with the closest guy. <laughs> oh, great. And he never turned around. He never even heard me. Uh-huh. He never heard me. Never heard me. Maybe he was like, that's pretty good song. <laughs> <laughs> he was transcribing record. everything yeah, I was saying. Exactly. Oh, this can go into my story. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is good. Well, at least he wasn't talking. I mean, because some of those guys are there. Stu- you know they're there before like when I start the show and and as soon as I start the show like two or three groups of people will shut their laptops and that's what you do leave the bar that's what you do yeah well, if you don't want to hear well, them I'd like them to shut the laptops and listen to the show but they're just like blam blam take off that that's better than keeping them open and you know yeah. having uh-huh. your office at Hendershots during yeah. a musical performance okay okay uh, yeah it's like, yeah I guess I could I can see that. I, I, I've seen such atrocities committed during shows. <laughs> and this dates back to you, the... You've played more shows than I have, though. Yeah, definitely. We've played a lot of yeah. shows. I a, lot of, a lot of open mics I've done. But not just shows where I've been on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the oh, like oh. Vic Chestnut shows. Oh, okay. okay. People don't like to talk about this because mm-hmm. he, he's an icon, mm-hmm. of course, right? Yeah, yeah, And he was an icon then. Yeah, yeah. But you went to his show, and it was just this, you know... Uh, emaciated figure in a mm-hmm. wheelchair on mm-hmm. a stage, which you know, just seeing that, everyone should just shut the fuck yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. They, they were people. Just this is at the Forty Watt. Mm-hmm. This is at the Foundry. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, the Melting Amazing. Point. Yeah, yeah. Wherever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I know his wife, and we've talked about this, mm-hmm. and he was always really frustrated by that. Uh, so, Athens goes. being a music town, who you know. Uh, recognize Vic Chestnut as a, a genius I don't buy it mm-hmm. there's plenty of people like him who have had to go elsewhere to be mm-hmm. appreciated yeah. Jim White is one Yeah, Jim White no one knows who he is here but he goes to like Edmonton he goes uh-huh. to uh, Norway uh-huh. and he's like hailed as oh, a wow. superstar okay. yeah 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 here people you know 
I mean, he, he's, like... he's good with an audience, and mm-hmm. sometimes he can make them shut up and not open. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does it seems like maybe you do have to go somewhere else? Well, you know that, like in in different fields, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, it, that's how it is. You know, there's this uh, assumption I think in Athens that because there's such a glut of brilliant people, right? Mm-hmm. That you don't have other options because mm-hmm. you're here because you want to be here. Mm-hmm. But once you show you have other options, you, maybe you get appreciated more. Yeah, I think that is uh, a truth. Also, just reaching out and branching out can make you more interesting, too. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't been as uh, serious about music as a lot of people have. Uh-huh. And I haven't been doing it as long mm-hmm. as, as a lot of people. So maybe I don't have a right to sound bitter about it but I'm just talking about as an observer, as an observer yeah, more than someone who's had his heart broken mm-hmm. on a stage yeah yeah you know I, I, I want to feel like I live in a, a town that really mm-hmm. really recognizes mm-hmm. brilliance and sees yeah. it as something kind of sacred I, yeah, I don't heard other complaints that, that the people are at a show or are they enjoying the Ambiance of there being a performer on stage, but it's more it becomes more of a social event. And I've, so I've heard other performers talk about it that way too. I get it because a lot of these people are, are seeing each other for the first time in months, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but man, just be more discreet about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's go true. outside. Well, I want to hear the music. Well, do you really? Yeah. You know. You want to talk to this person, so go right, talk to right. this person, and when you're oh, done, I come to back. A po- Have you listened to the podcast uh, "Load In, Load Out" by? Um, uh, it's the Kindercore guys. Do a podcast. Oh, the guys that have the record. Yeah, the record pressing uh, company. I didn't know they had a podcast. That's they cool. do, and they just interviewed. Um, I just listened to the one where they interviewed Cicada Rhythm. Oh, uh huh. And they described it. Cicada Rhythm described it a bar fight that happened at one of their shows like it was like a small crowd and I and it was like there was a fan that was like a big fan of theirs that rarely showed up at the time it was showing videos of them to other people in the bar <laughs> and then there was a look I was at other shows like the no, one no, that but, we're at yeah yeah but the thing is <laughs> he was like it was before the show like he was like an enthusiastic fan <laughs> okay. and and then and then there was a guy that was apparently a regular at the bar that was already drunk and apparently latched onto the guy that was a super fan and wouldn't stop talking to him during the music. Oh. And and what I gather is that he told him to be quiet because he was trying to listen. And the guy decked him and then hit him with a chair and then the, they kicked them both out of the bar. So Apparently was, that's the worst thing you can say to someone. At a show now. Can you, can, can you stop can you, talking? Can, can you be quiet? Can you shut up? I, want to, I want to hear the music. Yeah. What? What? You've got a lot of nerve. <laughs> I have a lot to say. You're assaulting me. Now they, they, get, they need somebody to talk to. If you tell them to stop talking, you hurt their feelings, you know? God. So, why did you. What, when did you get the notion to start writing novels? Was that, was that Sean or was that before? I had always wondered uh, what it was like to. Um, have an idea and have the time and have the drive to actually take it to to the end. Mm-hmm. And I tried a few times, but maybe not that hard, mm-hmm. and then like life got in the way. 
but this particular time was a, a perfect opportunity because because of the divorce and <clears throat> because I had this great idea and because I was living in somebody's basement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was dark and cool. Uh, I saw that place, all the, little wooded yeah, behind it, you know. The yeah. flat, I called it. Uh, all the preconditions were set, and I just mm-hmm. thought it's now or never. I really yeah, have to do yeah. it, and I wrote every day, every day, and um, amazing. Drank wine while I did it, whatever it took, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, writer's block. I had all these different methods for getting over it. I mm-hmm. had a, a fifty CD changer that was just oh. at random, and uh-huh. I would sometimes, if if nothing was coming, I would let whatever song played guide uh-huh. me. Ah. Whatever, ah. whatever, and uh, and after a while, it was just maybe I reached the midpoint, and then I had an idea what the ending would be. Mm-hmm. And once I knew what the ending would be, it was just like a sprint. You know, it was ah. just such a great feeling because I I knew I knew all the things I had to set in place to mm-hmm. make the ending a, a plausible one. Right. And uh, okay, that was it was magical. Yeah. It was just a, a great feeling. It gave me some some pointers they say in 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 the screenplay you need to know what the end is yeah and i guess i i sort of get that because i tried to write two screenplays and there's there's something there but i don't i don't know what the end is it's kind of you know Mm -hmm. i know got an idea i got a idea of the feeling of the end you know both of them but i don't have i think if you have a great ending in mind Mm -hmm. from the start that's that's yeah. all you know, the novel should be about that but yeah, yeah. if you you don't I mean it's not really organic to just create this kind of outline that yeah. you should follow and you know a lot of good ideas that could come have to get tossed because it doesn't serve the, mm. the ending right? yeah 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 mm. so um, I think as so long you, as you can you know for the way I write anyway as long as you can wait before you decide this is exactly where it's going mm-hmm. and it's probably that way about painting too probably right? is, yeah i mean you, you sort of want to keep things you know keep it open nebulous yeah. as long as you can because and just let it take its own direction that's mm-hmm. that's art but mm-hmm. having a, a set ending and moving toward it is more craft i guess mm-hmm. right yeah, but I, you know, the, the other thing about writing novels was mm-hmm. I was always fearful because I thought, oh, God, what about these people who write a novel? They put in all this time mm-hmm. and it doesn't get published. Yeah. How do you even go on living? Mm-hmm. Well, now I know what that's like because yeah. I've done it twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I read a book that this I guess this book was written by a writer. What the hell is his name? I don't know, but it was is sort of a help to an artist because he was like. The gist of it was, he wrote ten books before he got published, and then he started getting published with stuff that he's known for now, you mm, know. Mm-hmm. And all the other stuff was ten, just ten was, novels before he was published. It's yeah, it sounded like something like that, you know, ten efforts, and uh, it's not. Wow. And, and you shouldn't. Feel, I don't think. And the, but his his message was not to be depressed by that. He started, you know, super young. I think that was his main focus. You you know. People like he was born to you do and it. me do all these other things. Sure, you know this is the one thing he does. Is, yeah, so he just you know kept on doing it. Yeah, and you know 
and that's once you once that clicks and that's that, that would, reading that book I'll share with you I can think of what get, made made me settle in my mind like okay I need to just do the work or not do the work but not have the unrealistic the, the, I had had unrealistic expectations which made me not want to try after certain efforts efforts didn't work or whatever didn't, sure. you know so you need to feel like you want to keep producing you know you don't want to feel like it's hopeless you know I don't know yeah. Know. No, I mean, yeah, that that's something I guess we all grapple with, especially now, where yeah. you know, there's so many brilliant people. There's so many, maybe not so brilliant people, making art, right. writing, whatever, yeah. um, and uh, and you know, making music. You know, yeah. it's hard to believe. You know, because there's not no guarantee whatsoever Mm-mm. of Mm-mm. any kind of financial Mm-mm. compensation for doing it. Yeah, so yeah. that's noble in a way, but you know, it used to be people recognize there were people born to do this, yeah, you know, absolutely yeah. born yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah. And they they were sort of, you know, encouraged set apart in, and, and encouraged. They're encouraged. Right? They are encouraged in certain societies even today, like encouraged yeah. monetarily. <clears throat> and uh so that's uh that's a sad sad thing, but we work with the society we ended up in. Uh, we could, that's a whole other podcast, but uh, I'd like to be part of that podcast. Yeah, I know you would. I mean, that's I'm, sort of, in, a, in a way that's what my second novel is about. Uh, it's yeah. sort of the, the collapse of uh, uh, you know, art as a, a, a vocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not like it's like oh that that's fun. That's a thing that kids do. You know, you're yeah. It's uh, it's like not. It's trivialized, but it's also they like it when it's something they like, but it's trivialized if anybody else is is doing it or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's not a whole lot of people talking about it, so it would be a good subject for Mm -hmm. some sort of round table podcast discussion. Because because I know people who uh, were like almost pretty close to making a living mm-hmm. as artists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. who aren't now and they're not out on the streets you know <laughs> demanding their jobs back you know right right it's not the artist's nature to to do that we've all no. just kind of said well it was a good run now it's time to do something oh. else oh <laughs> so <laughs> here's a question for for both of us is what how do you? Because uh, I've found my, since I work at a museum, and you're a museum art art world guy, you know that a lot of your jobs are still installing artwork, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've so had some recently. Uh-huh. I uh, clicks in my head. I used I used to separate it. I used to think, oh, this is just, these are objects, and this is my task. But uh, lately, I've been like, oh, I'm so tired of install hanging somebody else's painting. I want to make a painting. You know, so you look a little bit. I look at the paintings more now than I used to. I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of nice. What if I? No, you're not doing anything. You just measure it, put your little nail in the wall, <laughs> and so I have a little bit of a struggle. You know, so what is it like well, we used to having been, been in the, having to work around art and then also try to make art? Uh, in the prep department, we mm-hmm. used to say. I think even during your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Georgia Museum of Art prep department making mm-hmm. other artists' dreams come true. Ah, oh, I like that. 
That is adorable. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to love going into the racks when things were slow mm-hmm. and uh, looking at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The collection's great. Uh, and, uh, man, there's nothing like looking at a, a show that you've just just completed. Mm-hmm. You know, you've set the lights and everything, and you walk in there, and if it's an artist you like, like mm-hmm. George Bellows, that was mm-hmm. one of the last shows I set up. Yeah, yeah. And it was just freaking great. <laughs> but, what I, you know, what I found was after... 12 years of doing that Mm -hmm. I had no desire to go to a museum right anymore and and now it's when I when I look at art it's it's usually uh, my wife wants to go into some shop Mm -hmm. and uh, and then I'm looking at the art in Mm -hmm. there and I I realize you know yeah yeah my mind's ready to do it's not it's not so saturated anymore but it's not my habit anymore to go to Museums or, you never, or yeah, seek you never out. like, hey, let's go to a museum. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, don't. I know, yeah, it, and it, it that's probably hypocritical because mm-hmm. we're talking really about the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, musicians shutting up during other mm-hmm. musicians' performances, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm mindful of that. I'm just not. I don't know. Twelve years, and you've mm-hmm. been there longer, right? Mm-hmm. Than oh, twelve yeah. years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know, it's just part of mm-hmm. every, when it's part of your work day. Yeah. And, then you, and then you realize when you're submitting your work for mm-hmm. something, whether it be visual art or music, you're also dealing with people who, whose jobs it is to look at it mm-hmm. and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And you think nothing's fresh to them mm-hmm. anymore, even if it really is fresh. Right, right. They lose the sense that it's, it's fresh. Not just, yeah, it's not exactly. And you're combating that. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing that and just... That's where you just... have to develop your sales pitch. <laughs> and this is really exciting because... You know, but you they've have, heard all that before, they, too. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I, uh, I was uh, uh, interned at a uh, at, uh, Stux Gallery for a while and, and when it was uh, had one, it had moved to a smaller location in, in Soho, and uh, I really didn't have. I just did it because I was in between jobs, and I don't think I knew what an internship was. You know, I didn't get paid, <laughs> and uh, I was behind the desk at some point, which I should have. No one should have had me behind the desk operating any phones or anything. But <clears throat> there I was, and some guy walks in. He's like, uh, so he's Japanese, and he doesn't speak the language very well. But he's got all these photographs in a folder and he's motivated and trying to show me how awesome it is I don't make any calls to, I don't make any decisions for that gallery you know <laughs> and I can't understand what he's saying except for he want, he's trying to make me aware of this and it's fascinating it, there are pictures of a studio with a lot of people and really large ceramics it was you know it was pretty cool but I and no one was there with me and I was like well I uh I can't, you know. I can't. No, I don't know, no, you know, and it was. <laughs> I just can't. And you know, yeah, you don't know who you're gonna deal with if you just show up in New York City and you're like, I'm gonna friggin' show everybody my art. And he, I'm sure he went to several other galleries and you know, maybe found somebody. But you know, when he hit me, it was it was. I mean, what is he expecting, really? You know, yeah, probably what you and I were expecting it, when we were. Going, when I, Whoa! Look yeah, at it, that! 
I know, but if, if I had told we'll him... We'll take a hundred of them. Yeah, if I had said, hey, that's really young, I couldn't, that wouldn't be, it would have been, even if I really did like it, if I, if I, me encouraging him at my, would not have been a, uh, honest, because it would have given him the impression that the gallery was like, you know, I was going to take him into the back room, the special room, you know, yeah, you know, so I didn't want to like, you yeah, know, you, do anything. To him, you were the gatekeeper, but... Yeah. But I was, like, far from the gatekeeper. I was just basically... You were just the guy who oiled the hinge yeah. of the gate. Well, I also made a mistake. Some guy called speaking German, and I didn't know how to transfer the call or to take a note or whatever. And I I was like, I don't... I don't know. <laughs> I think I hung up on him, too. Uh, I was, and uh, I got in trouble for that because it, it must have been an important call. And <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't say I did phones. I like I it. Was nails it. Yeah. It was uh, it's that guy who works in lead. Probably, it's yeah. that guy. Yeah. Anselm Kiefer. It was Anselm Kiefer. Mm, there's a lot. In it's the, been Anselm Kiefer. The owner was German. You know, and I, you know, I said, hello, Larry. I, didn't, I should not have. That's not my, that wasn't my end of it. That wasn't where I belonged. You know, so. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, hilarious. Keep Larry off the phone. Keep him just, you know. But now you're hosting open mics. But now, so. yeah, now, now look at me now. <laughs> look at me now, goddammit. You're still seen as a gatekeeper. <laughs> still, which I can, I have a little bit more of a, you know. Because still, little, it, every week, there's maybe one or two people who haven't been to Athens. Yeah. And they, yeah. they're there with their guitar case. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, this I'm is the guy. Who, this is the open mic guy. Yeah, open mic guy. This is the guy who I, I talk to about yeah. getting exactly. shows here and uh, getting heard. That's right. And big shot this is, with the this is and Athens paper. music yeah. guy. That's right. And it is fun because I so I end up networking or following a lot of you know musicians you know on on Facebook and stuff. So I've noticed. Yeah, gives me a feeling of of connectedness. Mm-hmm. And so and, and also a lot of people with stuff to promote that maybe I'll get on the podcast you know yeah. podcast is another thing like some of them have turned out really fun and awesome but it's and then there's not, ones like these and, but this one yeah this one this is where this one's where it started to go downhill <laughs> well what I mean is like I'm not a pro at it yet you know but if I keep it up I could get you know pro and maybe even make something out of it however the process of doing it is training me and to be better at well podcasts I've heard a lot of bad ones you probably have too yeah and I just I like the ones where it's just like three or four people sitting around talking about movies or whatever oh no yeah that's true there's some that I have not gotten through are you serious even with a friend of mine that I wanted to hear you're calling this a podcast yeah yeah that's true that reminded me of one that I didn't I was like well I'll come back to that later and then I never came back there was one by a, a Navy SEAL guy and he interviewed somebody it sounded like the subject sounded interesting. He interviewed the the reporter that was uh, fake killed in Ukraine recently as a sting by the, to catch some Russian operatives. You know I haven't heard about, about that. Uh-uh. He was reported that he was assassinated in his flat, and then it was reported that he's okay, and it was a sting to catch people that were actually plotting to murder him. He had, <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, this guy had interviewed this journalist. I think he was. They were trying to murder him based because of some book he wrote revealing something about the hmm. 
trouble in between Ukraine and Russia. But uh, you can't this, write books like that. Yeah, I sounded like a freaking good book, but what the hell is he? This thinking? this former special this special Navy, Navy SEAL guy has a podcast and was going to interview him about it. But when I got when I listened to it, I was like, oh, this guy has a fascinating voice and a tone. But he was dramatized. He was seemed to be kind of too stylized and taking too long to get to the point. So it it could it didn't and he had somebody like with him helping sort of prompting him or use somebody to like bounce his personality off of and I couldn't I didn't have the patience to to, and then I looked at it and I saw that it was two hours and I was like well so you know an hour and 15 minutes maybe is a good one you know but so I didn't listen to that one yeah but I've been spoiled by uh, Mark Maron and all the Pod Save America all the Crooked Media podcasts are fascinating and interesting. Crooked media? Crooked media. Pod Save America. Okay. Pod right. Save America, Love It or Leave It. Pod Save America and Love It or Leave It, they're going to do live shows in Atlanta. Oh. Their live show is sold out in Atlanta. Wow. They're going to have Stacey Abrams on. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then it's gonna then I'll listen to it on my pocket computer. Nice. <laughs> Rather than drive to Atlanta. Do you listen to Sam Harris? Mm-mm. Or, uh, what's his name? Josh. Josh, I've heard a little bit of his. Josh Marshall. Oh, no, not him. <laughs> Rogan. Joe Rogan. Load in, load out. I just started subscribe to one called uh, Deconstructed hmm. uh, with Mehdi San, which is good. Uh, Crooked Conversations. There's one called Pod Damn America. <laughs> uh,. Chapo Trap House. Apparently, the young kids are loving this. That's political. Hmm. Chapo Trap House. Those kind of. Uh, I think I it's like Josh Marshall because he has a very plain way of speaking about the the whole Russian ah, investigation okay. and speculating and anticipating where it's going without sounding too didactic or detailed mm-hmm. and he has a sidekick who's oh, I like that. it's very relaxed yeah. not scripted you know I like people who can be thoughtful and analytical and informed yeah. and not, not alarmist right but the Pod Save America guys are informed and comical and mm. they have experience working in government because a lot of them worked for Hillary and Obama mm. during that in that time right it's a pretty amazing movement this whole podcast thing yeah I love it I I mean I've been listening to NPR you know story shows like oh and I I have fresh air on Mm -hmm. podcasts so if I miss it I can hear that yeah Snap Judgment's one of my favorites oh that's a great one yeah 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 and the offshoot of that Spooked Scary Stories Scary True Stories Spooked yeah Spooked it's an offshoot of a of a snap judgment. That's okay. I'll have to. Yeah, it's coming back this uh, October. Too many choices. I know, and yet I've heard so many bad ones. You no. know. I so know. I don't. Yeah, there's too. I've been directed to the some really good ones, so I feel lucky that way. Yeah. Did Dude, you hear the band uh, playing next? When's on between uh, neighbors? Oh yeah, my band between neighbors. That's N A Y B O R S. Um, 
We're playing at Yona Mountain Winery uh, for Crush Fest. That's in late uh, late August. Uh, yeah. um, we've been on hi- hiatus. We weren't sure if we would play again just uh-huh. due to a lot of things. But uh, we lost our drummer. But he's coming back yeah. for that show. Um, and uh, uh, my son will be backing us up on mandolin and, Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. and guitar. So that's the next time we're playing. If it goes well, maybe we'll do more. I just felt like we should stop just because I felt uh, enthusiasm was kind of lacking. You all have separate lives. And when we started, we all lived together. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know you started to get separate lives when you started. What am I doing with my thing? We grew apart. We started apart, and then we grew aparter. (laughs) <laughs> that is a sad story. <laughs> we started apart and then we grew aparted more, way, way further aparted. Remember that first album? Yeah, we were so apart. Then that second album, it was like Abbey Road, you know? We sounded together, but you could tell we weren't really. And the third album was called Just a Little Bit More Apart From You. (laughs) Well, now I'm in my solo career and uh, writing a bunch of songs, but uh, should I just collect these songs and make albums out of them? Or should I I just keep writing songs, 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 and it's just a bunch of songs? When you bang on the table, that makes giant marks on the graph over here. Oh, (laughs) right. Yeah, I guess it would. I mean, but it's okay. It might be interesting. Hey, why don't you play a song... To uh, to uh, mood the mm. play to to mood to end this podcast. Who me? You play you a song. Play a song. I'm gonna play my new song. Guitar. Okay, yes. and awesome. it's and it's political. Okay, uh-huh. so awesome. That is beautiful. And it's Beatlesque. Okay. Um. So this might be the only time the lyrics actually get heard. So I'll try to enunciate well. Yeah. Yeah. I keep talking while I'm. Yeah, oh, you can talk, you can do whatever you want. You can bang around, and I'll, I'll recording. I'll, yeah, and I'll edit out the slow parts. Okay. That's what that's my style. I edit out when, when I sound when I do something embarrassing that gets out. Okay. And then if if it's like somebody going, um, what's the next question I'm gonna ask? I don't know. So then I stopped it. Cut out. Hilo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I um, wrote out the lyrics. And now I see my page. Okay, I can still read it, though. Okay. The page is wet. I don't know why it would be. My guitar wasn't out in the rain. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to put this back so I can get the whole All right. thing. So I was trying to write a song that addressed the most recent outrage of the Trump administration, you know, the children at the border. Oh, boy. And also the piece that came out about the suicide rate. And, of course, to be truly accurate, that uh, piece wasn't uh, really about the Trump era at all. It was, what, uh, year 2000 until 2016. It was about how the suicide rate had gone up. And I remember I told my lovely wife Amy that you just wait <clears throat> to hear the next report about mm. suicides yeah. during the Trump era. I bet you we're going to see a real jump. I don't know why I say that. <clears throat> well, I know why you say it. <laughs> Do you? 
so it's kind of Beatlesque to this song. So I'm just gonna start, right? Do it, do it. is one of his newer songs and uh, you won't hear it anywhere else ever ever again I'll leave links below for where you can buy his book and uh, also a link to his where he's got an artist website and more so check it out special thanks to KA Artist Shop I'm Larry Ford and thanks for listening to Limited Perspective